morning, bitches. If no one told you they love you today, then I love you because you're you. Who else are you going to be, right? I'm so excited because I have Ms. Peggy or Mrs. Miss Peggy Law, Harry Hollywood. Hurry for Hollywood, the girl singer herself. Oh, my God. I just finished reading your book. Thank God it's on Kindle because I don't, I hate, I don't order books anymore. What a story. And I have to thank one of my best friends in the world, Michael Hollingsworth, who I've known since 1976 when I moved here from New York. And we became friends. But I'm so surprised that our paths, Never crossed. Well, yeah, they're crossing now. So let's talk about your book. Oh, my God. And you're from Dallas, Texas, or from Texas, from Texas? I'm from from Texas, Dallas, Texas, born and raised here, third generation Texas in my family. My dad was from Texas. My grandfather born here. Let me see if I can make this a little louder. Because I'm, you're a little low, so and I have a big booming voice, so I don't. I never that that that's the only thing that I always have trouble with is the sound. The you know input out. Okay, output input. Let's see. Um, okay, maybe yeah. I don't know. How's that? Does that sound louder for you? Let me hear. Hello, hello, hello. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You from Dallas. Okay, you're from Dallas. From Dallas, born and raised in Dallas. Grew up here. My mother lived in the same house for 55 years until she sold it to um, a builder and they tore it down. Nobody else ever lived in that house except for our family. Oh. Isn't that sweet? They tore no. it down the very next day and they built a McMansion. That's what we call them. On top. Oh, well, that's, we call them here McMansions, mm-hmm. right? That's right. They take up all of your yard. She used to have a very pretty yard. These big old houses, they're, no, the young people don't want a yard. They don't want to take care of that. So right, you build a huge house on top of it and you have a little bit of yard. That's it. Wow. So tell me about what made you decide to write the book, Howdy Hollywood? Well, for um, I'm an entertainer and I sing and I still have all these years, even though I did go to a second career for a while I still kept singing and I would tell these little stories and people would say oh you need to write a book those stories are so funny and then I started you know obsessing with Facebook especially during the pandemic and I started telling some stories there and people would always say to me you need to write a book girl you need to write this so the pandemic started I had just retired from teaching for a few years and I'm like chicken little the you know, they said there was a pandemic. I said, the, the sky is falling. And I said, oh, my God, we're all going to die. So first I checked to see if I had toilet paper. <laughs> and then I left out because I had a mask because I use a mask when I vacuum. And so I was already then I had uh, my all my, uh, you know, Clorox wipes. So all that was good. And then I said, I've got to write this memoir. Now is the time to write the memoir. You have nothing, uh, no excuses. You're not working. You're at home. You can't leave. You can't go anywhere. Start writing. And that's what happened. I started writing. Three years ago, I started writing this memoir. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. How long did it take you to write it? Well, the funny thing was, is I, I really had never written any of this stuff down. I, I had a couple of little journals that I'd kept funny things that my kids said, but I never had written these stories down. And so some of this, I just had to remember it. And I tell all my friends, you know, like Facebook was great because everybody, every time somebody famous would die, I'd go, oh, my God, I have a story about them. And I'd go back to the computer and I'd write another story or something somebody would say to me w- would spark something. Um, and then I just had to loosen up a little bit. I the first my first draft was maybe 30 pages. And oh. I was surprised. I'm like, well, wait a minute. What happened there? I, you need to you need to slow down. And, you know, I needed I, I had worked as a, a elementary school teacher for about 17 years. That's what I my second career was. Right. I had that degree to fall back on. And yes, I know else. that degree. Yeah. Of course. I mean, didn't we all? Because I'm yes. 75 years old, honey. I know that degree. So, yeah. So I started teaching at age 50. That's a whole nother story that I did, didn't really put in the book. That's a, that's another book. But um, but, you know, I. I just I needed to learn the craft of writing. I had taught writing to children for 17 years, but, you know, so I knew some tricks, but I needed to learn some things. So I started reading other people's memoirs. Um, I took David Sedaris's master course online, you know, some oh. people that I enjoyed and kind of learned some things here and there. And all of this produced a 300 page book. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I'm very so- proud of that I, and you you know what? And you should be proud of that book. And I love the cover and I love Howdy Hollywood. Weehaw, right? So I tell us my- about your journey from Dallas. Okay, and I read all, I'm say, well, but, ahead, I'm sorry. But for people who have never read the book that may, might want to read the book, let's talk about you, you know, I know I read that you were a singer from the time you were a young girl, a kid. You, you know, you started singing right away, right? Yes. Lots of music in my family. My dad had actually had uh, dreams of being a singer. He he sang professionally when he was a young boy. Like he uh-huh. would sing at churches and things like that. But That's he, um, but he, you know, he just didn't live in a time where he was able to do that because he had to help support his family and so forth, uh-huh. his dad and his mom and all that kind of stuff. So he, but he always played music. He played the piano in our house. He had this beautiful tenor voice. He'd sing, be my love for no one else. And in this yearning. That oh, I love that song. Mario and Indian love. Oh, yeah. Enrico Caruso was yeah. the first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so he, you know, Mario Lanza and, and, and Nelson Eddy, he would do yes. all those voices. Yes. So there was lots of music in our house. My mother couldn't carry a tune in a bag. She, <laughs> it, it, it was, I love that. My mother couldn't carry a tune in a bag. I love that. <laughs> But she was always very funny. She was the comedy in our household and she loved music. Mm. And and she took us to all the mu- all the Rodgers and Hammerstein. You know, we grew up in the best of times for musicals. Right. So we had all of that going on. And then my mother was a complete movie crazy nut. She just loved the movie. She knew all about them. She was a walking catalog of that. And she would, we'd say, well, you know, there's such and such movies on, oh, that stars so-and-so and so-and-so. And she'd sit down and watch them with us. And Oscar night was like a religious holiday in our house. I we'd saw dress you dress up. I saw those dressing up pictures. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'd dress up. We had our speeches about winning. You know, we'd pretend like we were the movie stars. Ah. And, you know, that was what I grew up with. It was just a delight. My parents were delightful sweet people that loved the arts 
and encouraged us, my sister and I, to do anything we wanted to be. They they thought everything we did was funny and everything we did was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I had I had this great, you know, garden in front of me of, you know, I planted the seed and they watered it. Peggy is so lucky because there's so many people, including myself, that grew up in, you know, crazy time, crazy families. So you're very lucky, Peggy. So what brought you to Hollywood? Well, howdy, Hollywood. Howdy, Hollywood. So the first time I came to Hollywood was in 1976. I came out with a suitcase full of evening gowns and music charts. And I was going to give myself about two or three weeks to get famous. Well, um, spoiler alert, that didn't happen. <laughs> but it did give me a chance to see Hollywood and to kind of see if I thought that I could maneuver things, which at that point I couldn't. I, I didn't have hardly any connections. I knew a couple of musicians out here, out there. And um, and so I just kind of looked around. I went to hear Carmen McRae because I was a big Carmen fan. Carmen McRae, an acquaintance of mine. Yes. Well, and, she was. I just thought she was, you know, the cat's meow back then. Yes, yes, and she was. Yeah. So I, you know, that first trip was just kind of a let me see what this is like and get my, you know, boundaries as to what every where everything was. But I went home because I didn't have the money to stay and I didn't have the connection. And I had a gig in Dallas already set up, so I went back to Dallas. Um, I had before that I'd I'd been in college in Austin, Texas, and that's Austin's really where I started my career. So I started around there with a bunch of musicians that were young. You know, we were all 20, 21 years old starting together. By the Um, way, excuse my cat. One of my cats is using his litter box in case you hear. So all those people out there, you know, I'm a cat lover. So he he the older cat is like going crazy right now. So please, I don't edit anything on here. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. I'm glad it's uh, the cat because I would have worried that you were scratching something. No. Ah! <laughs> okay, you're cute. Now we know who's scratching. Right. <laughs> you and I can blame it on the cat. That well, it is. Fun, I am blaming it on the cat. <laughs> it's going crazy there. Well, what can I say? <laughs> so anyway, I I I started out in Austin. Um, the band that I worked with there to begin with ended up being Leonard Cohen's band. They were really great musicians. And then I went to Dallas and I stayed in Dallas from 1976 to 81. Um, I worked at the Hyatt here in Dallas and two people that worked on the front desk. uh, I got to be friends with, and I said, you know, I told everybody, if you ever get transferred to LA, get my band there. That's what they did. They got transferred to Hyatt in LA and they, got me a booking at the um at the Hyatt on Wilshire and and that's actually what brought me to LA in January of 1981 fabulous so i know your show has to do sometimes with you know the problems people have my book is a really positive book because well i, I love i know it is a positive book so i love you know i some people talk about their problems mostly <laughs> Other people, you know, so you're my first really positive, you know, but the thing I do want to talk about is your little thing with alopecia. That's because I have a couple of friends who have had that and, you know, like their life really was upended because of that. All of a sudden they're losing their hair, male and female. And, you know, so that's an important thing. 
I think, to like talk about. Absolutely. And and I wanted to put some things like that in my book because even though I do see the glass half full because I had a mother that was Pollyanna and so oh. I grew up with that, there there are plenty of things in my books that were, that were hard. I, I yes. just overcame them. It's not yes. that I didn't have the tears, you know, and that I wasn't broke and that I didn't lose my hair. And, you know, there's there's a lot of things. But I wanted that to be in the book in a way that I could tell young girl singers or people that start are starting out in this business that, yeah, these things are going to happen to you. But how are you going to handle them? What yes. are you going to do about them? Yeah. So the, my the alopecia was inherited from mom. And it started when I was about 21 years old. But, you know, it was kind of one of those things that it started with one spot. Oh. And, and you know, you're looking in the mirror one day and it's, you know, luckily like in the back and you're kind of going, whoa, what? wait a minute. Did I just pull that out with the perm that I did or did I, you know, first you're questioning that. You're not going with the whole kit and caboodle. And so I... And it started just with that. And so I was able to manage that for years just by doing different hairstyles, you know, that would would cover that. But by the time I got to be about 30, it started getting worse. Mm -hmm. And plus, I had to have the right person to cut my hair. One time I was on a cruise line and I went to the hairdresser on the cruise line because I was singing on board. Uh, I was on an Alaskan cruise and they didn't know what they were doing. And, I'm, you know, I looked horrible. I came out oh. of this hairdressing situation like I'd been in a concentration camp. It was bad. And so when I got off the, the cruise line in Vancouver, um, I went to a Sears there and I bought a wig because that's the only place I could find one. And I bought a bunch of scarves. All of a sudden I was the scarf lady, you know, uh, on board. <laughs> <laughs> scarf girl that was my new thing uh and so you know i that was the way it first started and then it got into i had a hairdresser that had been a vegas showgirl and she knew some tricks oh. and she told she turned me on to that glh formula where you spray oh. it on your head yes you know I, little did i know the first night i used it i went to bed with it on and i woke up and you know i looked like a pug dog um with my husband he was just like Oh my God, something's all over your face. And I was like completely, <laughs> completely brown. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had to learn to use that. I put a towel down at night. And um, so I, that helped me for a while. And I, and I still use that stuff. And then I started finding wigs and learning how to mess with them. You know, Raquel Welch, she's always, uh, her wigs are great. Oh my God. Yeah. And you have Ava Gabor's wigs. Did you ever? Ava Gabor, yes. Those were wonderful wigs. Paula Young's wigs. Oh, wow. Girl, I got them all. I got all, I got all of them. Really? Do you have the wig heads to put them on and lined up? Oh yeah, they're everywhere. I, I like have what's her name? Like uh, like Phyllis Jilly used to have the wigs yeah. all lined up in her closet with all of the wigs on them. Oh, yeah. And I have a story about Phyllis in my book. She was at Tony Roma's barbecue and her wig flew off as she was dancing. That was that was one of my stories in the book. You know, I had a heart for that because, you know, my wig had flown off before, too. So, you know, what the heck? I love that. So what I want to ask you is, so what advice would you give to young people who say, "Okay, I want to be a singer. What do I have to do? We've got about seven or eight minutes to talk about your career. Your career is just the fact that you did the demo records for Marilyn Allen Bergman. That's so impressive to me. Oh, my God. So, so many things in your career. 
Yeah. So I say a career is to me, a uh, working girl singer's careers is because of two or three things. Number one, I'm a real friendly person. I don't mean a stranger. So, er and everybody to me is either a contact or a customer or my best friend. You know, I go to the grocery store. I tell people that I'm at Stoney's Wine Lounge next week, that kind of a thing. <laughs> so be friendly, number one. Number two, um, if you're just starting out, you know, you need to go around and find out auditions. These days, you can look online and see there are music online places on Facebook where musicians are looking for singers. Singers are looking for guitar players. In my day, we didn't have that. We just had to go by foot and and, and word of mouth. So I'd go to a, a band. I'd say, you know, I'm looking for gigs. I'm looking for band members. A lot of times I would book the gig. So I'd get the restaurant gig. Once you have a gig, you can find players. That, right. That's that's a gig because you've got a gig. So a lot of times I got out there and found the gig, and then I found the musicians to do the gig with me. But I think that my career was successful because um, I was friendly, because I did have talent. But there's a there's an element of luck in it as well. The reason I met the Bergmans is because I sang at the Money Tree. The reason I sang at the Money I Tree is Money Tree Place. Is because I met two guys in Dallas that worked for Paramount and heard me at the Hyatt. And they, you know, me, friendly me, they called me over to their table for a drink. They said, if you ever get to Hollywood, we can help you. And I took their card. When I got to Hollywood, I called them up and they took me to the money tree. Well, the money tree had all these industry people that would right. come by all the time. And so I befriended a table of people, not knowing what their jobs were. I started going sailing with them. I went to their house for dinner. The girl ended up being the music contractor for Warner Brothers. Huh? Now, the other part of this, she thought I was talented. And she introduced me to her boss, who was Danny Gould at the time. And um, I auditioned for him in his office. And he right away, he said, you'd be perfect for my friends, the Bergmans. And I knew who they were because I'm a movie music nut since I was a child. Right. And so when those names came up, I'm like, oh, my God, they're they're like gods to me. Right. And so, and so we were a perfect match. I met them and I was al already a huge fan of theirs. The biggest problem I had with them is that, thank God, they sent their tunes to me like a week early because I'm a big crybaby. If something is really pretty. I, it's hard for me to sing it because I, I, read it that. I read that. Yeah. So it would take me about a week where I wouldn't cry while I sang it. Cause wow. you know, I bark when I cry and sing, I'm like, so that, you know, so then I worked for them for many years and I, I still keep up with Alan and his secretary Pat at this mm -hmm. point. I, I'm I'm also the kind of person that keeps up with everybody I ever knew, you know. Right. So. Well, that's yeah. wonderful. Now let's talk. You know, I do it a lot different things because I'm on a show called Bubby's No Best. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No, it's but on, I look it up. It's on Jewish Lifetime Television Network. We're getting ready to film again. How we match different people with. So I'm all about love too, and I want to talk about how you met your husband and how long you've been married. That's this is all positive. Okay, so I, I I met my husband on a gig. Um, He's very know. cute, though, gorgeous. He, he is very cute. He was the handsomest what? guy in his he, class. What? He was the handsomest guy in his class. There you go. And he hates for you to know that. He's shy about that. <laughs> so he, uh, 
Yeah, he was on a gig that I was on. Uh, I was actually on the gig with another piano player named John Hammond, who was wonderful. John, John, one of John's claims to fame is he was one of the piano players on the track for Fabulous Baker Boys. Oh. So, you know, John was a great player. He had to take the first week off. And and he said, I'm going to get this guy, Bill Lohr. I said, I've never heard of Bill. I'd been around L.A. for about five years at that point. He said, well, you're going to love him. And, and that's what happened. I fell in love with him. But the funny thing about Bill and I was, remember the time I told you I was in L.A. for just a minute in 1976? Yes. I met one musician while I was there in L.A., and it was Carmen McRae's drummer. And um, he was living with my husband at that time. Oh. But, but I didn't meet Bill for another nine years. Wow. So that was kind of weird. And then Bill came, Bill worked with Lou Rawls for a long time. And, well, Lou Rawls. And he had come to Dallas with Lou in 19, late 1970s and came up to where I was singing at the Hyatt because the band members he was working with knew my, my band members, but I didn't meet him again, him then either for another six years. So it was serendipitous. We finally met on this gig in Ventura, uh, I mean, in the valley on, on Ventura right. Boulevard. I live in the valley. I live in NoHo. Okay, no, that's where I used to live. I had a oh. little, I had a little bungalow at um, at uh, Lancashire and Vine. Oh my God, Vineland. Vineland, that's it. Lancashire. Vineland. Vineland. Yeah, it was on Fortunes. Do you remember Fortunes? Not here anymore, unfortunately. The little bungalows and everything. So what happened? Tell me more. Tell, so me, we, more. We, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. So we met on the gig. Uh, it was it was the old Monteleone's. It, it became the Valley Steak Block, right right in Encino, right at Balboa. Right, right. Ventura. And um, he kept coming back every night. And I couldn't tell if he was coming to see me or, or the bass player because he also fell in love with the bass player's music. And, you know, eventually I went over because I, I could have babies and the bass player couldn't. So I think ah, I won. Ah, 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 I love it. She could have babies with the bass player. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yep. So it was quick. You know, two months later, I was telling him I loved him first because that was just the way it went. And he said, well, I'm going to marry you. And I said, wait a minute, is that a proposal? And he said, I guess. I said, can I call my mother? <laughs> I have a Jewish mother. Can I call? I'm, I'm in my 30s. My mother needs to hear this. Right. right. And so, um, yeah, he said, I guess, call your mother. I said, okay. Called mom up. I said, I think I'm engaged. Well, there you go. Hallelujah. Guys married now, 40 years, 30 years. We are married since 1986. So, you know, I always have to do the math in my head. This is three, nice. yeah. Thirteen six. This will be with 37 years in jail. Wow, wow. Now, um, I so we're about to end in a few minutes. So I want to say bullet points of like talk about where they people can find your book. Okay, people can find my book on Amazon.com. It's called Howdy Hollywood, and it is the journey of a girl singer from Texas to Tinseltown. That's what that's where I came up with that title, and so it's on Amazon.com. It's a Kindle book. It's on Kindle Unlimited, and um, you know I'm all over the web. I'm I have uh, we have a page called LoreMusic.com if you want to read about us. Yes. We're on you. We are on YouTube. You can hear us. Uh, all of these tracks. We have made a couple of CDs, and um, I even made a CD for Michael. Michael wrote a bunch of beautiful songs. I him. know. I know. Yes. Let's talk about briefly because he's uh, both our friends, Michael Hollingsworth. He's the caterer to the stars. Oh, my he is. God. I he know. Is. 
because I came here in 1976, so as well. So he is. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't meet through Michael. I'm surprised. No, I'm more of like I did do singing, cabaret singing. I never sang in the in hotels and stuff, but I did voice. I'm more like an actor singer. So voiceovers, different things, and um, but that's a whole. That's my story, and I'm you know I've talked about it a lot. Doesn't oh, I'm glad you said that. One of the other pluses for me is that I already had my SAG after card when I got to. I had done commercials in in Texas, right? So when I got to LA, I had that that all important union card. That's right. That was important, and I could talk about the strike, but I'm not going to do that right now because this is uh, Howdy Hollywood by Peggy Law. So read it. You will, and the pictures. I love the pictures. Oh my God, you're as beautiful in those pictures as you today. So I just want to thank Michael Hollingsworth for saying you've got to interview my friend Peggy Law because and read a book, which I'm suggesting everybody read. And, you know, you never know. Being friendly is a very important thing to people and never lose your friends. So Peggy Law, if nobody told you they love you today, I love you because you are you. And it should go up in about probably 10 or 15 minutes. I got to make sure everything's done. It may be Wonderful. an hour. It'll be on Spotify. I love you too. I have a feeling if we lived near each other, we'd be best friends also. I know that. Oh, girl, what sign are you? I'm a Libra. Me too. When's your birthday? October 21st. Oh, I'm September 26th. So we're like a month apart. But mm-hmm. I'm at the, anyway, Nancy, what, what sign's your husband? I love signs. My husband is a Pisces, and, oh, and that's my, whole, my, my whole band were Pisces. That's my favorite sign. My ru- my brother, God rest his soul, he was a Pisces. That's the best sign for relationships, for a leader. Yes. Boom. There you go. <laughs> All right, doll. I love you. I love you. This went so by so quickly. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye.